My name is Rachel Valarelli, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Hans Driver. Snyder with scores! Now it's Brett Fidel scores! Hands off for Rabel, switches hands and scores! Kylie Elmiller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson! Welcome to Season 2 of the Pro Lacrosse Talk Podcast, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews from all your favorite players and coaches, as well as news and analysis from all four professional lacrosse leagues. Alright, we're here with Rachel Valarelli, former goaltender for UMass and current goaltender for the Senior A New York Spiders. Uh, she's also had some stints in the UWLX, um, as well as playing for Team USA. Rachel, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. So tell us when you searched first started playing as well as what made you jump in net for the first time sure so it's kind of funny so I ended up playing when I was younger quick backstory I played um, basketball so I I guess I'll start in order so I played soccer basketball and then softball Um, my dad always thought that I would he's gonna be so happy that he'll hear that I'm giving him like a little (laughs) plug on the show too Um, well he he like throws digs at me he's like you always talk about your mom he's like what about you like what about me I'm like all right dad like all right I'll talk about you so um and he was like, okay, you're gonna be a great pitcher. Like he would like pitch balls at me all the time, like all this kind of stuff. Like we'd throw back and forth, like to the point that like my hand would just be beat red afterwards. And he's like, okay, you got such good hand eye coordination, like all this stuff. And fast forward a little bit, um, I was playing AAU basketball and it was time to sign up at Holy Child for your spring sport in seventh grade. And all the softball girl, girls, like literally everybody in my class, all like probably 35 of us signed up pretty much for softball. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And, you know, they were like, you got to be at practice. You know, we have three practices a week for middle school or, you know, whatever it ended up being. And I was always traveling for AAU, which, you know, at that time I'm, for those of you that don't know me and obviously it's all virtual. So you have no idea what my height is. I'm five, four and three fourths of an inch. And when I was younger, my goal for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to play for Gino at UConn. I'm going to be the starting (laughs) center and I'm going to be drafted first in the WNBA draft and go to the New York Liberty. And I'm going to have a phenomenal WNBA career. And my mom's like, sweetie, I think we need to find a new, like we, we got to find something else for you. So tying all that in softball girls kind of giving me a little bit, like you're not going to be at practice because you got basketball. I was like, all right, one of my family, like guy friends, you know, he ends up playing lacrosse. I was like, I bet I could be better. Like just, you know, a little competitive kind of, I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. First day at practice. I can't even catch and throw. It's, it was like, abysmal and I tried really hard I just couldn't get it and you know eventually you know for me I felt like it was probably 25 minutes but it was probably more like three minutes going and going back at how like a short fuse I had when I was younger in that regard athletically and I was like is there a bigger stick I just can't do this I just I can't mm-hmm. and the coach was like yeah you could go be the goalie like it's bigger and I was like will I be able to catch and throw she's like well I don't know specifically but there's more of a pocket so you could do that and I was like okay cool and then just crazy thinking about it I had a like Tupperware goalie head right like everybody uses the plastics and it had leather strings like that's what I used in seventh grade that's what the school had um and then finally eighth grade like got my own equipment or whatever um but yeah I know my like my parents never pushed me into sports they were just like whatever I wanted to do kind of a thing um you know for me and it just kind of took from there but uh that's how I first got in cage and and things like that and I went home that day and I told my parents I was like 
I was like, mom, mom, guess what? Guess what? She's like, what, sweetie? Like, you know, how was practice? I was like, it was so good. Guess what? She's like, okay, what, Rachel? Like, you know, what's going on? Okay. And I was like, I'm the goalie. She's like, you're the what? Who do I need to call? She's like, this is not okay. We're going to change this up. And I'm like, mom, it's, it's fine. It's good. And she's like, I don't want my baby in cage. Meanwhile, I, I was a soccer goalie too. So I was like, to me, I just didn't see the difference. I was like, oh, yeah, it was a soccer yeah. goalie. Lacrosse goalie's fine. Like, it'll all make sense. But that's how I first uh, got playing, so. That's funny. That's one of the more unique – I'm a keeper, too, and that's one of the more unique reasons why uh, someone hopped in cage for the first time. It's usually like I wanted to play the whole game or whatnot, but I love that. That's great. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, as I got into it more, I was like, oh, man, the equipment's so cool. Like, and for me mm-hmm. – you know, I thought, and it's funny looking at like how much I love box and field and everything now, but I loved ice hockey, but my mom was like, I want a daughter with teeth (laughs) and, you know, and, and my mom's sister, right. I, I kept telling her and she like, my aunt listened to another podcast that I did, you know, and was like, Oh, you talk about that your mom wanted a daughter with teeth, but the real reason is because she didn't want to wake up at 4 a.m. to get you at the rink by five. So that's yeah. why <laughs> skating didn't like that's why hockey didn't happen. And my mom heard that on another one and was like, uh, sweetie, no, no, no. It's it, you know, yeah, I didn't want to get up earlier than I had to or anything like that. She's like, but the reality is, it's like you couldn't skate. So adding all of that together, she's like, I'm not getting up at that time yeah, for you to exactly. not know how to no. She's like, No. Yeah. <laughs> it, it worked out. It worked out. <laughs> yeah awesome well and like kind of continuing on your career you went from uh that leather stick in seventh grade and you managed to to play pretty well and ended up at UMass for for college right three years starter crushed yeah. it your senior year 19 and two first in the nation overall at one point what really drew you uh to UMass and how did your game really progress while you were there yeah so uh, I went to a camp. My mom is, and see, here we go with the plug in my mom and my dad getting a little, you know, upset too. Uh, so my mom's really good at like finding things online. I don't mean that in like a creepy way, but like for her, she's like, okay, Rachel's taking this seriously. She really wants to be a goalie. She loves it. Like I haven't, and you know, for my parents too, like I loved doing softball. I loved doing basketball, but my, my parents were like, there was just something different with lacrosse and me and how it worked. Mm -hmm. And it just all kind of like, you know, it all clicked. And so my mom's like, okay, I don't want my daughter to be the daughter. That's like, you know, going out there and playing and doesn't really know what she's doing. She's like, I'm not helping her. That's not a benefit. So Mm -hmm. my mom, you know, was like, sweetie, would you want to go to camps over the summer? Um, You know, everything was kind of like a conversation. Like, do you want to do a sleepaway? You know, what have you? I was like, yeah, I want to go, you know, and and learn to be a goalie. And my mom's like, okay, well, she wants to build that skill. She's got to go somewhere where they have a goalie school. Mm -hmm. Um, And so back in the day um, at the Amante camps, uh, Lex uh, Venachanos ran the goalie school. Um, so ended up going there when I was going into my sophomore year, um, started club after my freshman year in high school too. Um, you know, a little bit there and, you know, my mom's like, okay, so this coach has won, like, I think they won four national champions at the time. Is that good enough? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I I think, I think that works. And my dad's like, oh my God, she's got to go there. Like four natties. This is great. Um, you know, cause he, he was a trainer for North Dakota state. So he like with the baseball team, when they won um, football teams, they still have a lot of success, everything like that. So my dad's like, Oh my God, they won national championships. Like I've been, you know, he's like not a player, but he's like, I've been a part of them. And they're just, Oh, he's like, Oh my goodness. Like that is the best. You got to go there. And you know, fast forward, it's, it's all crazy. Like this is why I really am a firm believer in like everything happens for a reason. 
at that camp. Lex Venetronis is there running the goalie school. Angela McMahon is the head coach at UConn. Lex is at UMass. And Kelly is obviously and still is at Northwestern. And, you know, I went up to Lex and I told her, I was like, I love UMass. Because I, I, I just kept seeing everybody, you know, committing. Like all these Northwestern girls were there. And I was like, okay. Actually, this was when I was going to my junior year. And I was like, all right, so they're all committing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but I was always told and under the impression that, you know, you reached out to coaches, mm -hmm. you know, September 1st of your junior year. And yeah. so they were all like, uh, no, 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 that's not how it works. And I was like, wait, what? I was so confused. So I went up to the coach and I was like, I love UMass. And all I have to say is this probably makes me not sound like a fabulous person, but I was just like, do not ask me if I know anything about the school or anything like that, because I never saw it in my life. Mm -hmm. I ne never saw it. And, you know, the thing for me is I interacted with um, the goalie that was the goalie my senior, you know, my freshman year, right? Mm -hmm. So she was a senior, Katie Florence, and everyone called her Flo. And she's like, I love UMass. The girls are amazing. The school is great. And the sport management program is the best in the country. And I was like, what is sport management? I was like, that is so cool. And she's like, basically, it's everything about sports and it's everything about business. And, you know, my aunt is you know, she ended up like retiring early and all that kind of stuff. But for her, she was high up in marketing um, for Intuit, which does like, you know, not to bring up taxes, but like QuickBooks, Quick and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And so for me, I was like, okay, business sounds cool. Like, that's awesome. And I was like, and I love sports. And for me, you know, I always wanted to play, you know, I'll go back to the pro basketball thing that didn't end up happening. But um, obviously, right. But I was like, okay, well, I want to coach if like that can't happen. Or then afterwards, I want to go coach. So sure. for me, I was like, all right, I can go coach with that. I could run my own business and then just kind of, you know, fast forward. That's kind of like where I'm at doing all that stuff now. But, um, you know, looking back, it, it's just, it's nuts to see kind of how all that progresses and everything. And, you know, Ange was the first person to reach out to me, you know, September 1st, going into my junior year, first email I got, you mm -hmm. know, in my inbox. And, you know, she ended up making that switch over to UMass and Lex took it, you know, the job up at Ohio State. But, you know, looking at how like small of a world it is, Lex is from Yorktown and I'm from Hartsdale. And she's like, she's like, we're friends. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, we're, we're so close. We're 30 minutes away. And I was like, oh my God. So it's just, yeah. it's nuts. Like, you know, such a small world. Um, it, it's so anyway, everything happens for a reason, but yeah, even when Ange switched jobs and stuff like that, um, I ended up going to the Yukon camp fast forward going into my senior year and, you know, went to the, like, at Northwestern camp then. And she's like, you're coming to UConn camp. Right. And I was like, uh, and it literally, it was back when all the camps used to be like back to back to back to back. Yeah, so okay. we flew home and the camp happened the next day for the UConn camp. So mm -hmm. all the clothes that went, that were in the suitcase to go to Northwestern went into the washing machine, into the suitcase, went to <laughs> UConn camp. Like that's mm -hmm. how it worked. And at that time, like the UMass job was open. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to the end of camp. And there's a car with Massachusetts plates on in the front of right, parked right in front of us and my dad's like sees Angela get into the car her husband's there and my dad's like I bet she takes the UMass job and I was like I was like no she's happy at UConn there's no way and all of a sudden next day Angela McMahon head coach at UMass and I was like oh my god <laughs> so, so it, it, yeah it's nuts that's yeah. awesome um and I, I kind of want to go back to your UMass time being a goalie myself I was super appreciative. You're 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 younger than me, but I was super appreciative when I saw uh, your custom helmet that you had while you're at uh, UMass. I've been like a huge advocate for outdoor goalies to have a personalized helmet just be just because they're so cool. Uh, talk about kind of what went through your head and how you chose to get a, a custom helmet. 
Yeah. So um, my dad, it was kind of like a little bit of a surprise. So he ran into somebody through work and uh, somebody we met on like cruises we used to take. I don't know. It's just crazy. Like, again, I'll go back to the everything happens for a reason thing. Um, I probably sound like some Oracle or whatever right now. I'm trying not to be corny. I promise. And so my dad reaches out to him. I was like, all right. So my daughter is a, is a, you know, a senior at UMass and, you know, I'd love for her to be able to wear and commemorate, you know, her, her whole career at UMass and like her career so far in a helmet. And was like, this guy's name is Tony Jarrett. And it's actually funny you bring it up because he's doing my box one right now. So I'm like all psyched and excited to see everything. Um, but he runs a company called Mask, Mask Expressions. Um, and he does a phenomenal job. He's down in the Carolinas and uh, he's like, yeah, John, like I can get you, you know, whatever Rachel wants, like put her, you know, he's like, what do you want? What do you want to do? And I walked him through everything and he doesn't even do sketches. He's like, I just do it on the helmet. And he just goes and he's like, I just see it all. And then I was like, it's like a, you know, a, a true work art. So um, he ended up putting like things that mattered to me on there. Um, you know, Friends of Jacqueline is a huge um, organization that, you know, that I support um, and, and everything like that. So there was like a little pink elephant on the back and my mom's like, why is there a pink elephant? And she's like, oh, that's, that's for, you know, FOJ. Um, there's like a little Swedish crown. Like I love Henrik Lundqvist. Um, I know he's not, you know, doing so fabulous right now, but he's still living the dream. He wants to continue on after his contract runs out. So, um, but you know, it had like some stuff from high school, like my high school mascot on it. Um, and it had like, you know, some like family initials and stuff like that, but it was just really cool to see, you know, all of my stuff kind of like come together, um, and all my ideas and everything. And I just, it's just, it's so cool. Like looking at that kind of stuff, like I always dyed sticks and, and I just think it's, you know, seeing hockey goalies. And again, I kind of go back to the equipment, right. Um, yeah. Where all that stuff is so cool to me. And the fact that in field, I was like, okay, especially in women's too, right. Like, okay. There's only, you know, what, maybe three, four goalies on a team. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes there's more, but probably not. And it's like, okay, everybody's, you know, they have helmets, other girl, like, you know, other women on the team don't at least, mm-hmm. you know, not, not yet, but a whole other conversation. Yep. And I'm like, all right, you know what? Like, let's get a painted helmet. And all of a sudden I was like, the first thing that popped into my head was, that's great. I need to ask Ange, right? So I went up to her and I was like, so would I be able to wear it? And she's like, right? yeah, yeah, that's fine. Sure, sure, sure. So um, that was that was really cool. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like hard to explain it, but it just so much stuff that like that matters to you being able to kind of like get squished in with somebody yeah. else's uh, creative mind is just, it, it's really amazing. So, um, you know, right now I got, uh, some ideas and stuff out to Tony for my box helmet. And, um, I actually found, I was going on ancestry and I was quarantine, right. Just trying to yeah, like yeah, pass right. the time, yeah. finding, finding yeah. stuff. And my mom's like, I want to know if we're related to English royalty. She's like, I just want to know if we're related to the queen. Okay. She's like, that's what I want to know. Yeah. Um, but I was finding like, you know, things from my, my grandparents and great grandparents and signed things that my grandmother has. And we actually have a journal from, uh, the civil war from, um, I guess he's like a great, great uncle. I don't know. Again, ancestry would tell me, but I'm, you know, and it's, and it's his like trials and tribulations and stuff. Like his wife sent him a journal for the new year when he was in war. And you can actually tell if you open it, I've been like really gentle with it. Um, but you can see like the difference he had, he ended up having his like arm shot off. And so you could see like he, when he wrote with one hand versus him writing with his, like his other hand afterwards. And you can tell like how bad the handwriting is. Um, 
which is it's like kind of interesting and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I have all those signatures and, and things like that. And so the last names um, are going to go and it's called purling when you have like the helmet that you have stuff that's seen in one light, but not really seen by everybody at once. Mm -hmm. So like, it's not the main part. Um, so my idea, and again, I'm not like the creative person I'm into photography, but not like, you know, this much, mm -hmm. um, or like art, I'm not overly artistic other than photography. That's a better way to describe it. And, uh, so he'll go and he's going to pearl them in the helmet in different spots and, and things like that. So I have like stuff like that, which is really cool. I'm like, I'm so nerdy and like into, you know, all like the history stuff and things like that, but family's so important to me that I'm like, how can I go more into like the stuff that matters or, yeah. you know, my, my grandfather, um, my great grandfather, you know, won a purple heart and he ended up dragging, um, in world war one, he was dragging men off the battlefield and he wow. was essentially, as he pulled guys into the bunkers, he was getting shot. And so there is like this beautiful piece of artwork that was done to commemorate anybody I think it was anybody that got a, a purple heart at that time I was like this is absolutely beautiful so um there's just like ideas like that that I, I'm hoping he can he can you know put on there and really come to life but his his work and just everything is is cool but you know to, to me it's you know how can I express myself but everything that you know that really matters and yeah. I don't know it's just it's cool so I'm oh. into it at least I don't know yeah absolutely no I'm uh I'm super jealous I uh when I, during quarantine, when I dilly-dally, I, I literally draw hockey or box goalie helmets and just, like, draw on them what I would have on mine. So, I, I feel you. That's that's really, really cool. So, speaking of hockey, are you, so does that, since you talked about King Henrik, does that make you a, a Rangers fan? Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, yeah, you're, you're talking to a Flyers fan and you got, and the other guy. Oh, man. And I'm a Caps fan. So, we're all divided. Oh, no, 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 no. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was always jealous though, because you guys always you had either King Henrik or Richter. Hutton has Brandon Holby or Olaf Kolzig. There was never a Flyers goalie that I could always root for. So I'm I was always jealous of you two. And then we would always have to play Martin Brodeur or Dom Hashik, who is my favorite goalie of all time. So I'm very jealous of you all. I'm very jealous. Yeah, it's amazing though how, you know, we've gone through quite a few still, like with Farlamov and now, you know, Holpe and it looks like we're gonna go with Simpsonoff. Um, after Holpe's contract's up. But, you know, Heinrich, Heinrich Lundqvist still there. You know, I mean, it looks like he might be moving on next year, but uh, that's kind of just a testament of, I guess, how dominant he's been throughout his career. Yeah. I just, I think it's sad, too. Like, everybody wants that, that storybook ending. And, mm -hmm. you know, that, that I mean, that's that's kind of when I was younger, too. Like, I always believed, and I mean, I still do. Like, when I committed to go to UMass I was like okay I want the storybook ending I want to win four national championships like I had all these these goals and some of them I hit and then there are other ones that you know I came close to or I didn't and you know I, th I think that's why I, I feel like even you know relating to like Henrik and stuff like that or you know kids that lost their seasons this year especially seniors and stuff like that or you know kids in the Ivy League that can't go back and play for their teams and stuff I mean I know we, we have a lot more in our world going on right now other than you know lost seasons and stuff um you know to be respectful and everything but just kind of looking at you know Henrik or anybody else's career like you want that storybook ending or like you know you want to end your career where it started or you know yeah. you, you want to walk away and all these kinds of things and it kind of took me a, a little while to realize I was like hey, it's just the end of a chapter right and you can move mm -hmm. on to that you know um but I, I guess that's kind of what I think about with Henrik and like people are like, Oh, just let him go. Like he's old, whatever. And for me, I was like, hell no, he's got to like, you know what? Yeah. It's a cool story. Like he's, he should finish out, you know, in New York, but obviously like if he's got more in him, like 
you go like go play somewhere else that's awesome but um I don't know. I, I can go off on tangents. No, no, you're so. fine. We're, you're talking to two hockey fans as well, and we're excited for that to hopefully come back soon. Um, but going off of that too, like, you know, you talk about your career goals, and I think one of them was to be a professional lacrosse player, and you achieved that when you played with the UWLX. Uh, you started with the Baltimore Ride, and then I think you did a stint with the Boston Storm as well. Um, talk to us about your first experience as a pro, though, and how you kind of made the jump to the pros uh, and were a part of that, you know, that first women's professional league. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for me, after college, I just kind of went into this, you know, I'm overly competitive and I love to play. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, for me, um, being able to still play at the really high level for women's lacrosse, right, and, and play professionally and then have those aspirations. I know we haven't even really touched on box yet, right, and, and continuing to play. Um, but after college, you know, everybody goes through college and you put so much in into it, right, whether it's academics, athletics, it's a mix of both. And for me, I've always been so competitive and so um, bought into like every aspect of the team, coaches, things of that nature. Um, you know, and, I, and I, when you, you, like somebody mentions like leaving it all out on the field or like leaving your heart there, things like that, that's quite literally like what I felt like I did. And so for me, you know, with my first year out of school, it was really tough um, because for me, even when I coached, I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a volunteer, but I'm not playing, but I'd hop in and practice. And it was just, mm-hmm this real, it was really hard and it was really tough. And I just think like, you know, mentally it, you know, it was a whole different ball game and I was so excited to coach, but it just, it wasn't playing anymore and it was different. And I was like, I, I miss my teammates. And, you know, it was just very weird. Like you go from, you know, a hundred to zero, you know, in like a day, literally. I mean, we played Maryland my senior year, we lost, we're on the bus. And then all of a sudden the next day, everybody's going home. And it's like, wait, what, we're not all going to hang out and like say goodbyes. And they're like, no, my mom's picking me up. We're leaving. I'm leaving, you know? And all of a sudden it's like, wait, what? It's literally over. And it just stops. And so for me, I was like, how can I fill that void? And, you know, I loved coaching. So I poured everything into that, but I was like, I still love to play. And I had that competitive edge and um, I was really lucky. New York athletic club gave me an opportunity to play and I still play with them. Um, And we'll travel and we play top college teams and, the first year I played with them, actually, we went out to USC, we flew out, we stayed at Hermosa Beach, um, ate, you know, really good food down there, all that kind of stuff, played and flew home. And, you know, that was just, to me, I was like, it was that little taste. And I was like, I can still do this. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're like, we want you to be on the team. Like you did a really good job. And and to me, I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm, I still got it. I'm still here, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I received us like, you know, uh, team USA tryout invites and stuff like that. Um, you know, and especially after, you know, making U19, going into my senior year in high school, being uncommitted and everything at that time too, like for me just to be able to continue that um, and hopes to wear the uniform at the senior level was really huge. But, you know, at the end of the day, even that, it's not every day. And I, and I think that that's something, you know, that I kind of struggled with a little bit um, and jumping ahead, like box, you know, fills that void a little bit more. Um, And I don't want to say you grow out of it. It's kind of like, you don't, you don't miss it per se, but you just kind of find other ways to like plug the gaps and fill the holes, I guess is, you know, a good way to describe it. And, you know, I, I was lucky enough to get the opportunity and get the call to, to play with the Boston storm. Um, I believe it was the second year of the UWLX and uh, it was just an amazing experience to be able to play with, you know, again, having that, I don't want to say hierarchy because that makes it sound like, you know, the older players and that kind of stuff. And, you know, going back to freshmen do this and seniors get to, you know, get mm-hmm. to do these kinds of things, but being able to play with, with so many people from different walks of life, played at different programs, different systems, um, 
you know, I love that stuff. Maybe it's like, you know, I'm so into like history and all those kinds of things, but I love to learn like, you know, about other people and where they come from and how it kind of all comes together. So um, being able to play professionally and with a bunch of people at, you know, D1, D2, D3 levels. Um, I believe we had somebody from each division uh, on the Boston Storm that year. It was just, it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. And just being able to interact with, you know, a bunch of people that were extremely passionate and loving the game and, you know, whether they were running their own business or, um, you know, college coaching or high school coaching or doing club stuff, like, or all of the above. Um, it was just really cool to be able to interact with everybody. And, and I think just that, that network and building that bond again after college, because, you know, you're not with everybody every day, but yep. being able to, to kind of build out that, you know, and continue to grow. So it was awesome um, that first year. And then I ended up um, playing for the Baltimore ride and, you know, the, the year after that. And uh, it was, you know, another phenomenal experience, just being able to be with, you know, so, so many talented players again, and, mm-hmm. you know, and just the opportunities and stuff that were there. Um, and, you know, it's, I can't say enough good things about, you know, just about the experience to be able to put the uniform on again. And, you know, I know it kind of sounds corny and stuff like that, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I look at those things and people ask me previously, like, you know, when you were at work camps, you share like the fun fact or, you know, mm-hmm. your favorite memory of college and stuff like that. And to me, it was the first time I ever put on a UMass uniform. Right. And that's mm-hmm. as corny as that sounds like, you know, I had, you know, not, not to sound like I'm talking about myself, but I guess it's a, it's a podcast, so you're supposed to, right, but, uh, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's like, I I had success at UMass, and, and I did, you know, really well, and I wish we won some, you know, national championships, but hey, you know, like, we had success as a team, and, and we continued, you know, that, that championship style of play that we had with, you know, winning conference, and continuing on with the NCAAs, and things like that, and, you know, people are like, oh, you're not proud of what you've accomplished. And I was like, no, I am. But to me, it's just, you know, something that's always struck with me as being a part of something that's greater than yourself. So for me, you know, putting on that uniform and being able to play or, you know, the first time I put on a UMass, like my UMass uniform, especially, uh, you know, I I know I just said that already, but my, um, my US uniform as well. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember like, you know, I was a senior, what we had a, like Courtney Fortunato, I think she was a sophomore at the time or, um, but for us back in what, 2010 to 2011, I just remember seeing my Jersey hanging up in, uh, I think it was Harvard stadium where we had our, like our first like official game of putting on the uniform. And I just stared at it for a while. Like I literally just stared at the uniform and somebody came up to me and was like, put their arm around me. was like, is everything okay? Is like, is there something wrong with it? And I was like, no, this is just like, and it makes me kind of sound like a wacko. Right. But, but to me, I was like, this is, it's so special. And, you know, for me, like I, you know, going back to kind of like the helmet and things that are important to me, right. You know, where I really got into sports was, you know, watching miracle. Um, I know that sounds really corny. Right. But for me, I was in the movie and, you know, I I literally cried. Right. And, And that, and I saw it with a friend and my mom's like, why are you crying? I was like, because this is, this is so cool. And so from then on, I was like, whatever sport it is, I want to play for the U S team. I was like, that is just an amazing experience. And so for me, like doing those tryouts for U19, getting to wear that jersey, like that kind of stuff, it just, it meant so much. And, and, you know, it's kind of weird to say like that, that moment that I didn't even get to experience, but kind of propelled my athletic career in a sense of like, it is possible. Um, was just kind of, you know, cool and, and to see it all, but but yeah, you know, I know uh, I just went on a little rant and stuff there, but that's, no, that's right. No, especially the U.S. Uh, experience, I think is, you know, everyone we talked to has gotten to wear the U.S. uniform. It's like, you know, one of the special, most special moments um, that anyone can experience as an athlete. And that goes for, I think, any sport. 
But um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Talked about those aspirations a little bit. You mentioned box, so we obviously wanted to go a deep dive into that a little bit. Uh, you've been a fan of the NLL, right? Since for a while now, you're a fan of the New York Titans back when, when they were around. Talk about falling in love with the box game a little bit and your goal and aspiration to be in the NLL. Yeah, so um, my birthday's in April. So for my sweet 16, my mom was like, what do you want to do? And, you know, I was like, I want to go to a lacrosse game. And she's like, okay, great. But I'm not sure. She's like, I'm not standing out in the cold. Like, what game are we supposed to go to? Like, these kinds of things. And I remember seeing in, it was probably inside lacrosse or lacrosse magazine or something like that. And I was like, oh, there's indoor lacrosse. And my mom's like, it's not cold. Great. Okay. Like, this is perfect. Right. And she's not a wimp. She's not a wimp by any means. She's going to listen to this and be like, are you serious? Like, she'll call whenever this comes out. Like, she's literally going to be like, are you serious? Like, she'll stop it and like text me and be like, really? Really? I'm at the part of this. Um, <laughs> So she, there, my, my family's a riot. And then of course, with us all being together, um, mm-hmm. a lot of togetherness right now, but uh, it's, all, it's all good. It's all good. Um, but yeah, 16th birthday, I wanted to go to a lacrosse game. And so I was like, oh, they play at Madison Square Garden. This is so awesome. And went to go and see the New York Titans. And, you know, for me, I think it was that perfect mix of, you know, hockey and, and lacrosse of like the two mm-hmm. sports that I loved and, and all these things. And, you know, I don't... See, I, I wish I remembered exactly because, um, you know, Ginny Capuccioni was a, the first woman to ever play in the NLL. So I, I wish I could say that I knew that she pl- she did end up playing before I, you know, I was 16 and stuff like that. Um, I wish I knew when I saw the article about her and about box. I don't I can't remember if it was before or after. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have been a cooler story if it was before. But I, I to be honest, I just, I don't remember. So um, I'll be honest on that front. But, you know, to me, I was like, I could do this. And, you know, my mom's like, okay, but it's, it's all men. And I was like, but I could do this. I was like, I watch hockey. I love Henrik. I was like, all these things went through my head. And I was like, and then, you know, my mom says, I like, I can spin a little bit. Right. So I was like, okay, I could, I could, I see all these things. And I was like, I could do it. And it's a total possibility. And my mom's like, okay, sweetie, like, yup, you know, sure 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 okay went to the game it was like the coolest thing some of my other lacrosse like teammates went and my best friend played hockey she was like this is amazing she's <laughs> like I love it and then my other lacrosse friends were like this is kind of sort of lacrosse but like not really but it is but it isn't whatever so um fast forward a little bit I really wanted to play and so my mom was trying to look up and find stuff she's like okay you know she's like sweetie I don't find anything that's for girls or where they say that, that girls can play. And so the, the, you know, and everything was up in Canada. And so the dream kind of, I don't want to say it died, but I guess it kind of like went to hibernation for a little bit. I think that's a the better way to phrase it. And I ended up coaching out in California um, and my last D one job. And we ended up ordering used box gear to help the girls shoot better because they were already really good shooters, but we wanted to work on, them placing the ball a little bit better and really learning okay the goalie's here taking up the space you need to be creative in how you finish and so we we got box gear and I was like wait we're getting box gear and all of a sudden again wheels churned and I was like okay I was like there's an opportunity here and it was like the old school pads that just look like giant catcher shin guards like stuff was old small right and I mean I'm tiny so obviously if I'm saying it's small I'm really we're really saying something here and it was just awkward at first and we had a Canadian on the team and she's like 
you got to stand like a giant crab, like just crab, like put your <laughs> stick here, get them out. Like, and of course I'm wearing a white shirt and then I have the virtual background. So you can't even see my hands. Right. So I just probably look like I'm like chopping off limbs as I'm waving my hands around. Um, as you can tell, I'm Italian. Right. So, um, <laughs> and and she was literally telling me like okay do do this do that and I was like oh my god this is a lot harder maybe this is just not the way I don't know and I ended up like driving cross country back home all this kind of stuff and it just kind of popped into my head I was like you know what let me search these box leads out let me let me see you know if this is something I could really do and I was like you know what I, and I had a quote up my senior year at UMass um where I was like it was like three things, but what, the last thing that resonated with it, like it's like a three-part thing, um, and I forget who said it, but it was like, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was like, you know what? What do I have to lose about reaching out to an all-men's league to go and play up in Boston when I don't have box gear yet about playing? Or like, actually, I ordered at this point, I ordered box gear because I was like, I'll do something with it. I can't even remember what went through my mind. And my mom's like, you're ordering this box gear. And it's not a pretty, like, it's a pretty penny. Yep. Yeah. And she's like, you're just ordering it. I was like, yeah, business expense. Like that was, that was where my mind went. And I was like, okay, worst case scenario is I just hop in for like lessons and things and people can shoot at me. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to the Boston box um, lacrosse league. So everybody, you know, East coast calls it like the BBLL and it's probably not to knock, you know, stuff down in Philly or anything like that but it's you know there's a lot of uh NLL guys that have come out like some NLL guys that have come out of that or you see like a lot of the really good like Tufts UMass guys like there was one night it was like me and six UMass guys and they're like yo Rachel and I was like what's up like it was good <laughs> but the the uh the you know the guy got back to me um you know Randy Frazier and Chuck Jaffe run it and Chuck was like uh yeah you can come up and play. And he's like, but actually he's like, are you free this coming weekend? And it just so happened that my box order, literally the gear came Friday and I was supposed to be in Cam not Cambridge. Um, I was supposed to be in uh, God, I travel there every Tuesday. I should know the answer <laughs> anyway, traveling to like South shore of Boston, mm -hmm. right? North shore of Boston, whatever. Right. Uh, Hingham. There we go. Okay. People that are listening from Boston will be like, this girl is obviously not from here. Um, <laughs> right. Travel up to Hingham. And he's like, hey, can, can you, uh, he's like this coming weekend, can you, can you come and train with the U.S. team? And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, it's U-20s, you know, when you get the chance to work with Ginny Capuccioni. And he's like, do you know who she is? I was like, yes, I know who she is. <laughs> and he's like, so do you want to come? And I was like, you do understand I'm 25, right? Like, or 24 or whatever I was at the time. And I was like, I'm, I'm aged out. And they're like, yeah, 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 that's fine. But we need another goalie there. And I was like, oh, okay. So I go and I'm working with her and she's a riot. I don't know if you guys have interacted with her before, but she's literally like, she's yelling at me. The first thing that she said, she's like, have you put this gear on before? I was like, uh, yeah, to kind of like adjust the buckles. She's like, oh dear God, like a bunch of things I won't repeat. <laughs> and, you know, and was like, okay, well you got to squirt water and do this. And then I put on all the gear and I was like, how do I get my Jersey on? And she was like, she had to dress me. And I was in front of a bunch of boys and I was like, this is, and like men, I was like, this is mortifying. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, all right, you know what? Laugh it off. Like maybe they're not even paying attention. I was like, who cares? It is what it is. And you know, one of the other things that she said to me, she's like walking past and I was like, it's really hot and all this stuff. Like it, it by the end, like you take it off, it weighs like 50 pounds. Cause you're just dripping. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good way to sweat out. Uh, I'll tell you that. And she's like, you better drink water. We don't want anybody, want anybody dropping a day. And I was like, dropping where? Oh my God, she means on the ground. And I was like, okay. I was like, all right, this is, I'm like, I'm in for one. 
Um, but it was just a, a really cool experience and stuff like that. And then afterwards, um, you know, Chuck and Randy were like, hell yeah, you can, you're, you can play in the, in the, you know, the BBLL, like you're really good. And, um, I ended up going on Tuesdays in the summer and stuff like that. And, um, I remember the, the one of the, probably the fifth time that I was playing in the summer at night up there and it's so hot. There's no air circulating through like the place that you play in. And basically like I get through, we have like 10 minutes left in the game and I was like, hold it together, Rachel, hold it together. And I'm playing phenomenal. Like the guys are like, Oh my God, you shouldn't have made that save and this one and that one and whatever. And all of a sudden I literally get up and I'm like standing there and I was like waving back and forth. And they're like, you okay? And I was like, can, can we call the timeout? And he's like, yeah, like the guys are like, yeah, why? And I was like, I don't feel so good. And I like open up the door and I like literally like waddle outside and I'm holding the door out and Chuck Jaffe running the league and stuff like that comes up to me and he goes, did you toss your cookies yet? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so that was like the, the start of the box career right there. And I was like, oh my God, it better get better. Or like, I was like, this is nuts. I was like, I feel woozy and I have a three and a half hour drive home. I was like, all right. But, uh, started there. And then, uh, because of like the BBLL and, and all that kind of stuff and the experience I had there, um, the IBLA, uh, started becoming a thing and, you know, it started out in Colorado and, mm. um, the Cambridge Nor'easters ended up winning nationals the year before. And, you know, I'm playing up in, in Boston and Ryan Conwell, runs the team and he's like do you want to be our goalie and I was like wait seriously he's like yeah you want to play uh -huh. and so last last year uh I ended up doing a drive to Cambridge Mass and up to Maine and stuff like that um so Maine was like five and a half hours Cambridge ends up I mean summer traffic for like a 6 p.m game it's yeah. just I end up sometimes I like spend six and a half hours in the car and yeah. and all this kind of stuff but uh so, so unfortunately it wasn't in the cards, uh, for this year with, uh, with doing club coaching and stuff like that, but, um, just playing with them and, and everybody being so accepting and stuff like that. I just, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, all right, this is a lot of fun and I really love it. And, you know, I, I've talked about it in other places and stuff like that, but it, it's really, you know, when people are accepting of, you know, I guess it's a, it's a good conversation, like, you know, for everything that we're going through now too. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and obviously I know it's not, it's not the same in any means, but you know, they were accepting of me and we're like, it doesn't matter that you're a woman, Rachel, you can play. And that's what, and that's what matters. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, right. You're trying to win, you're trying to compete. Can Rachel make saves? And the answer was yes. You know, and is Rachel a good person to have in the locker room? Like, you know mm -hmm. um, you know, the answer is yes, obviously like it's a little awkward at times, whatever, but like, you know, we're good. We figured it out. Right. And, and I mm -hmm. think, you know, everyone made it so easy. Like it was so much easier because everybody was accepting and, and they mm -hmm. didn't care. And I mean that in the best possible way, right? Not yeah. in a rude way, but you know, they're just like, Hey, it's Rachel. She's here today. She's here to play and she's doing a great job. Like, and, and that's, you know, it meant a lot to me. And, you know, so, so leaving them and, and moving on to be with the spiders and stuff like that this season, I know I'm missing some NLL stuff and everything, but uh, you know, it, it made it a really hard, you know, decision to kind of be like, you know what, I think I need to stay more local and stuff like that, even though I don't mind driving and, and things like that but um yeah last summer with Cambridge I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit I know I jump and uh yeah. I I uh I got an email from um the NLL saying that they wanted me to come out to their PA combine and I was like I read it over I think I re I reread the email three times to make sure it wasn't a joke and I was like I'm sorry what and I kept reading it and I was like okay I was like wait this is legit like this is actually a thing and 
I was like, okay, cool. All right, we're good. And I was like, oh my God, wait, it's real. It's like, okay, all right, it is. <laughs> and then probably a week or a little bit later, I don't, maybe it wasn't even that much time. I don't know. Devin Caney reaches out to me and she's like, we want to do an interview. We want to do a day in the life of Rachel. And the first thing that pops into my mind is, I don't know if I'm that interesting, like to do a whole day. I'm like a day. Um, but yeah, you know, I talked to her and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I was really open and honest with her. I was like, look, you know, for me, I was like, I don't want it to be a publicity stunt. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, I really appreciate, you know, you wanting to come out and do this and, and it's wonderful and, and really cool. And, you know, I'm behind that. I think it's great. But at the end of the day for me and what I've always been about is earning it and mm-hmm. not having things given. And I was like, all right, you know, for me, I want it to be that I'm good enough, not that here's the token female, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming in and being invited and all these kinds of things. And, you know, that's going to be up on social media and stuff like that. And she goes, no, Rachel, like you earned that tryout. They've seen you, like you, you did a good job. You earned that. And mm-hmm. we want to come film a day in the life because this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that was just awesome for her. And I was joking with her. I was like, so how many women do you, do you interview? And she just started <laughs> laughing hysterically. She's like, <laughs> um, but it was, it was so much fun. And, you know, uh, she was, she, it cracked me up. She like drove from Philly. She's like, I didn't know it took this long to get here. I was like, I told you to take the train. Like you should take the train. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, right. You know, and she drove and then she ended up leaving. She left my house that day. I think at like four 30. And I was like, are you sure you don't want to stay for dinner? And she's like, Oh no, no, we should get back. And I was like, you're going to get ta- home at the time. If you stayed for dinner versus you driving now, yeah. it's just, yeah. you're only going to spend two hours in the car versus four and a half. And I think it was, it was after it was like Labor Day weekend. She they came oh like end of god. August, beginning of September, and she's like, "So Labor Day weekend's in two days. I'm gonna be good." And I was like, "Oh my god, Devin!" Like my mom was like, "Call them and tell them to turn around." Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it, yeah, it was it was really cool, and and you know they they filmed a day in the life, like you know going to my gym and uh, and stuff like that, and um and everything. And, you know, again, I was like, okay, am I that interesting? But they did, you know, a phenomenal job of editing it. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's really cool. And, and, you know, something that, that I have and, and things like that. And um, getting to the combine, they ended up posting it the day I was supposed to drive. And I just remember, I hadn't been that nervous since probably like, you know, playing in college. I literally, I couldn't leave the house. Like I kept, I checked things over 10 times. My mom's like, okay, mm-hmm. you're two hours away. Like, it's okay. I was like, I have to have extra this. And I just got brand new gear. Mm-hmm. Um, Bodum ended up doing custom uh, white pants and legs and stuff for me for the combine and stuff like that. And um, custom arms. Cause I'm so tiny. Um, I used to have to duct tape my hands. Right. So Ginny uh, oh. taught me that she's like, okay, shove it up. You'd have to like duct tape your wrist so that everything stays and end up being like my hands would like blow up. Um, it was just ridiculous. So like Bodum did like custom stuff and they're like, Oh, well, he's like, okay, you're, you're all right. You're tiny. All right, here we go. We'll do the arms. We'll do the legs. Like, you know, all this good stuff. So I brought like two sets of gear. I was bringing like all this hydration and protein stuff. Like I remember I had two jugs of protein in my car. My mom's like, you're going for a two day. Th- it's two days. And I was like, be prepared. Like, um, and I remember showing, like showing up and stuff and like pack, packing up, packing the car, like getting ready to go. And then Devin ends up posting the thing. And so I'm like, just about to leave. And now I'm like, oh my God, now I need to stay. And I'd like watch it. Yeah. And, you know, I know people say like, okay, don't check social media and stuff like that. And like, don't look at it and whatever. And I just, you know, there's a part of me that's like, I was like, all right, you know what? I just want to see it. And I think it's, it's so cool. Like traditionally women don't, you know, play box lacrosse and, and especially mm-hmm. at the NLL level, um, you know, obviously Ginny was the anomaly and I, you know, I hope to be, um, 
you know, the next woman to play and then mm-hmm. hopefully that there's, you know, it opens the door for others and, and everything like that. But, you know, for me, looking at the messages, there were young kids in, in Canada that reached out to me telling me that they felt inspired to now become a goalie because of what I was doing. And just looking at the power of that, like, you know, I'm, I'm not a big social media person. Like I'll go and put things up for, about my dogs or like we have this family of pigeons living in my aunt's flower mm-hmm. box right now. So I'm like, okay, I'll post pictures of the pigeons or, you know, I'm like, okay, here's like random things or I'm doing a clinic. Here you go. But like, I'm never like into it so much and seeing what, you know, Devin and her whole team did and the whole Mm -hmm. production crew, like, and how it reached and inspired so many people. And I was like, I know it's my story, but that was possible because of everything that they did. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just the messages I got, some people reached out to me and told me that I inspired them to go to work the next day. Um, which I just thought was like so cool and so different and, you know, all those kinds of things. And it was just really interesting to see. And I had people reach out to me that they're, you know, and I'm, not going to discuss them openly here and stuff because they, you know, talk to me privately, but, Mm. um, you know, that there was things that they wanted to be the first in, in that league as well. Um, and he was like, I, I can do that because of you. And he's Mm -hmm. like, your story inspires me to do that. And, you know, and, and, and to go and to persevere and do all these things. And I was like, okay, I'm just a chick trying to play men's lacrosse. But, you know, the more I think about it, I was like, it is really inspiring. And it's, and, you know, for me, like, I'm kind of getting like all corny and cheesy and whatever right now, but, uh, you know, that's the stuff I look at. And then I get there, I show up to the, you know, to the rink and stuff into the box. And one of the guys goes, yo, that's Instagram girl. (laughs) I'm like, Oh God. And, you know, it's just, it's just funny, like looking at it, you know, too. And first couple minutes, they're like, all right, you know, as a box goalie, you know, warmups are really like the guys running around, you know, going around the outside by the boards and shooting on you. And so for me, I was like, okay, I'm getting settled and like getting situated and and stuff like that. And, And the guys are like, oh, she can play. And then it all just kind of changed. And, you know, I had some people say some, you know, not so nice things to me, uh, at that, at that weekend, I, it was just really one person. Um, and I just kind of, you know, shrugged off his comment and I was like, shoot better. Like you, yeah. I made this like shoot better yeah. you know, because his stick broke. And so he had, he had a couple things to say to me and I was like, just shoot better. Like, and I just, you know, waddled away. I was like, you can't really move all that fast in the box gear. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of makes for a better story, I guess. But, uh, and his friend was like, damn, okay. Like, you know, but for me, I was like, all right, it is what it is. Like, I'll, I'll just take that and spin it. And yeah, does it kind of hurt? My mom was like, how dare somebody say, I was like, you know what? Like, if they're that frustrated, I'm doing something right. So um, that's, you know, that's the way I kind of look at it. And, and after that, I went to the Toronto combine and, uh, Mm. you know, drove up there and, and, and played and, you know, to say that the game is completely different from the U S to Canada is an understatement. And, you know, I know U S boxla and there's so many leagues here like IBLA and stuff like that, but, you know, just in in general, we got to figure out a way to, to grow the box game. Mm-hmm. Um, in the U.S. so that we can, you know, we can have more, not just goalies, um, you know, but more Americans in the NLL succeed, um, you know, and, and do really well and it be more of a natural process for them to go into the league versus, um, I guess, more of like a, a jagged doesn't make sense. I'm trying to find the right word for it, but um, to kind of have like an, e- an easier process and stuff and, and yeah. growth into the league and, and things and, make the you train. know, it's... Uh, yeah. yeah, there we go. There yeah. we go. I know what you mean. I want to go back a little bit too, though, like what you were saying about, you know, some person's comments. It's great that a lot of people have been supportive of it, but how do you deal with, you know, the people that are 
you know, pretty much putting you down just because you are a woman playing men's lacrosse? And how have you kind of used that as your motivation to, you know, make it to the next step and, you know, and, and get that New York Riptide tryout that, you know, you earned because of your play in the box. It wasn't because, you know, you're a woman, you earned it because of your play at the combine. So I guess, how have you used that as motivation and what, I guess, advice would you give to people that are maybe experiencing the same thing? So I, I think the biggest thing um, for me is, you know, and I'll go kind of back to the helmet and stuff. Like my family is, is super important to me and, and, you know, having their support and, you know, them having my back, you know, at the end of the day, I always know like whether it works or it doesn't, right. My, my family's not going to treat me any different. And I, and I think that that's, you know, a, a great, a great thing first and foremost. And, you know, the, the friends and stuff that, you know, I reach out to and, and, and talk to them about, they're like, Rachel, you got this. And, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, it's about finding those people in your corner um, that back you and are like, no matter what, we're here for you. And, you know, I know that that's really kind of corny, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, it's, it, it's not focusing on all the people that tell you you can't or the reasons that you can't. Cause I think in any aspect of life, right, there's going to be people that say you can't get that job or um, you shouldn't do this. I had people tell me that my business would never work. And that, or I had people telling me I would never play D1 lacrosse. I was only a mid-level D3 goalie. And I was like, you know, the way I took that was, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to aim for the number one school in the country, mm-hmm. division one. Yeah. And, you know, the person was like, you, you just completely missed the statement that I was making. And I was like, mm, but I'm taking it a different way. And mm-hmm. so I think for me, you know, it's kind of been the same thing. And I don't, you know, I know for some people that might come across as kind of like bold and brash and, and maybe snotty, but for me, I was like, okay, you know, I'll hear what people have to say in that regard. And I'm like, but I don't need to take that in and absorb it and be like, yeah, you know what? They told me I can't, so I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think, um, and I know you've had other guests on the pod kind of like talk about this stuff too, but I, I think, especially now being in quarantine, like everyone has had to pivot in some form of your, of their life, right? People do in-person interviews and in-person podcasts. And that's not a thing anymore, right? Me not doing in-person clinics or private lessons, right? Everything's virtual. And I had to pivot even with my training, training at home, using what I have, things like that, um, getting creative and, you know, kind of making things shift and change and stuff like that. And I think, you know, at any point in life, you have to realize like being able to shift, change, pivot, you know, and, and, and those things. And that's kind of like the way that I've gone about my mindset is, you know, if somebody tells me I can't do something, I'm like, I kind of, part of me is like, okay, well, why do they think that? Mm-hmm. Right. And I'll ask. And, you know, if it's, if I'm able to have that kind of a conversation and, you know, can do that. And if it's not any valid points, I'm kind of like, okay, well then, you know, just because I'm a woman has nothing to do with it. Like, mm-hmm. yep. you know, um, what the feedback I've gotten, at least in the box level for me is I'm a lot shorter than any other NLO goalie right now. Well, yeah, that's obvious. I'm five, four and three fourths of an inch, but there are things that I can do, right. That other goalies can't do. And that, and that's, and I don't mean to put anybody down, like all the NLO, they're all phenomenal, right? Like anybody that's gotten a tryout for the, for the pro teams, like they're all great. Um, but for me, I was like, what rate makes Rachel special, you know? And, um, again, not in like a, you know, look at me, look at me kind of a sense, but, you know, what do I need to focus on? And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of putting on those blinders and being like, these are the people that are important. These are the people that are in my corner and these are the people I'm going to pay attention to. And mm-hmm. if anybody else tells me that I can't, I have to sit back and say, is their point valid? Okay. If yes, maybe I need to kind of like pivot and, and think maybe that's not the route to go. And, you know, okay, well maybe this isn't working. Maybe we need to do something different. 
Um, and if it's not, I have to tell myself, okay, is it something that I want to ignore? Like if it's going to bother me, do I want to ignore it or do I want to turn it into fuel that's going to help me? Mm -hmm. And, you know, my dad always says like, and, and he'll kind of joke, he'll be so happy that he's getting so much love on this one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and he's like, you know, sweetie, you've always kind of been like a bull. Like you, you know, people have, have kind of like waved stuff in your face and been like, yeah, you can't do it or whatever. You've literally just been like, yeah, try me. And you've gone and you and you've worked to do it and um you know so it's like conversations and stuff that you know that i've had and, and the you know more i get on in my career and i've kind of realized like i look back and i'm like people told me us was never going to happen and yeah you know what i'm not on a roster right now and you know my goal is to to be the you know female and american version of dylan ward right you know be on the u.s roster for box be on the u.s roster for field both as a goalie um you know, but for me, people have been telling me I can't, you know, people like, oh, well, you're just from Hartsdale. You didn't play youth lacrosse. You started when you were in seventh grade. You know, you didn't play club till you were this age. Um, you, you know, you're, you know, you're this, that, the other, you're short, you're whatever. And, and people have always kind of had these things that they'd say. And, and, you know, I'd look back and I'm kind of like, all right, I've always used that as fuel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, or in, or in cases like I'll go back to when I was younger with softball, pe people are like, so you can't come to practice and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, eh, I'll pivot. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, when you're in seventh grade, you don't know what is pivoting, right? I, you know, yeah, I didn't read yeah. business book. Well, I mean, maybe I read a business book or two back then. I don't know. Like <laughs> my aunt was always giving me those. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like, you don't know what is pivoting back then, but you're like, yeah, maybe I'll go do this. And, and, and I think that's for me, like, you know, I've always kind of kept that like childish, um, not in like my attitude or anything, but I guess in the way that I take things like, okay, well, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't try the answer's no. And that was the thing, like, you know, and going back to like Ginny, when I worked with her at that U S training weekend, she asked me, I was like, I asked her about the NLL and stuff like that. And, and I was like, I really want to do a combine. And I actually, I never expected this answer that she gave me. She's like, why? Mm -hmm. And maybe I should have, I don't know. Right. That's an answer that anybody can get yeah. right when you ask a question, but she's like, why? And I never really put a lot of thought into it to like say it. But I guess for me, I was like, well, cause I want to like show that I can. And she's like, and she's like, okay, that's great. But you got to put in all this extra stuff and you have to do all these things. And she's like, and you need to be prepared that people are going to question why you're there and they're going to question the fact that you're a woman and that you can't do things just because, you know, like women are different than men and what, you know, whatever, like their bodies are different. Like you're going to see all these things and these people come out and tell you all this stuff. And, you know, she's like, they'll tweet about it. They'll put it out that you don't belong there. You know, if it's not in that, it's the locker room. If it's not this, it's this. And she, you know, it was all these different scenarios. And she's like, you got to be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. She's like saving the ball. That's not a problem. She's like, you could train for that. Mm -hmm. Everything else. She's like, you got to be able to handle right and understand that those situations can come and you know and it's and i the more i thought about it you know and it's the same thing my parents taught me too and you know sometimes the world treats you different because and again a conversation you know that that you know we're having in the the, the times that we're in right now right mm -hmm. but you know sometimes people treat you differently because the way you look right mm -hmm. who you like all these things and how you dress right the list can go on right the job you have the car you drive how much money you have what school you went to whatever right and, and people can judge you for all these things and at the end of the day it's like who are you as a person and you know what can you do to change if you don't like something that's going on how can you change it right how can you make it better 
and not just how can you make it better for you and for the current time, but how can you make it better for the future, right? And so I think that's probably a longer answer and more than you bargained for. But I think oh, for me, right, right, no, that's exactly like, it. yeah, and that and that's what I look at like with my own business and doing these things. I'm like, how can I make it better? Not just for me right now. I love coaching, but I was like, why do I coach though? Right? It's because I want to inspire the future of lacrosse. And, and even if somebody doesn't want to play lacrosse, right? It's like, I work with a college kid and she's never going to play lacrosse again. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, how can I still work with her and inspire her for the future? Right. And, you know, so my whole thing is like, okay, it's not, it's just knowing that you can, and that, you know, if, if some people, you know, go and break that glass ceiling that other people can go and do it too. And, um, you know, whether you want to be the best nurse or, you know, you want to be a doctor or, you know, you want to be a coach or, you know, a business owner, you know, you want to win the lotto. I don't know what, you know, what, I mean, I would like to win the lotto. That sounds nice. Right. But, um, <laughs> but you know, that, that's just kind of always been my philosophy is how can I take it from, you know, what I'm doing? Cause you know, let's face it. I'm, I'm, I'm 27 years old. I had to think about that for a second. Um, goalie problems. Right. But, um, I'm, I'm 27 years old and, you know, realistically how much longer can I play? And I think it's a really sad, you know, conversation almost to have. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, I, I, I know I have more life in me. Like my goal is to play for another 10 years, but you know, uh, again, right. You know, I might have to pivot. I might have to shift and, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, where can my legacy go? It's like, okay, it's nice that Rachel got invited to riptide tryouts. You know, she did all these things, but it's like, it's not the what's, it, I guess it's kind of the what's next conversation, but it's mm -hmm. like, how can I take everything that I've done and the experience that I've been through and help propel people to you know, not just if you don't want to do what I do, that's totally fine. Like, you know, I'm not expecting everybody to want to do that or whatever, but for what you want to do and make it, make it relatable and translatable and, and that you feel like, you know, when I'm coaching you or whatever, that you can go and take that to whatever job you want to do or where you're going to be in 10 years and, you know, having those kinds of conversations and, you know, like thoughts and stuff now, especially with having the time mm -hmm. um, in quarantine, I'm like, okay, what, what, where's the legacy and, and, you know, it's, it's a question that my assistant coach asked me my senior year. And she's like, Rachel, I think if you have to, because, you know, I had a lot of goals and a lot of things churning up in my head and, you know, I've, I've started like writing stuff down and, and going through that. And she's like, you know, Rachel, she's like, I, I think everything that you boil, that it boils down to, right. You wrote all these goals. You want to save 66% of the shots you see. You want to only let in two goals a game. You, you want all these things. She's like, I think that all boils down to at the end of the day, what is the legacy that you, you want to leave here? Mm -hmm. And that really, you know, the more that I thought about that, I was like, and that's not just UMass, but that's everything. I was like, so every day, you know, I'm like, okay, well, what's the legacy that I'm leaving? And, you know, some days it's like, okay, I need an off day, you know, right. But, yeah. but at the end of the day, I'm like, what am I doing for others and how can I help them be better if that's something that they want, you know, and, and if it's the cross and it's today and how can they get better in this instant? Great. Okay. Well, let's fix it. But how can I help you for the future? Um, so I think that that's like a big part of, of my coaching and, you know, things and, and my career and stuff like that is the legacy that, you know, I, I leave behind and, and stuff like that. Cause I mean, eventually everyone's playing days, you know, are over in mm -hmm. a sense at some point. Um, although in the ULAX league in New York city, uh, there is a guy that's like, he's a, he's an attorney and I think he's Jack, Jackie must be in his eighties. And he oh, plays awesome. and, and he took his helmet off. And I was like, and he's like, what's your name? I'm Jackie. I was like, Rachel, nice to meet you. And I was like, oh my goodness. And he was <laughs> flopping, flailing, making saves. I was, and I was like, he took his, um, yeah. so is he in the, does he play in the New York city 
league or yeah I think yeah. I've seen him because I played in that like one uh, spring or whatever and I just remember seeing him I'm like this guy looks like he just like came out of a retirement home or whatever I but uh it. yeah that's that's hilarious <laughs> Um, no, he's a good dude. That'll probably be like, you know, female version, right? Me, like <laughs> walking out with a cane, and, like still playing. Still I don't know, but uh, yeah. no, that's awesome. No, it's inspiring to hear um, your thoughts and just kind of what you've gone through because it's not easy. You know, it's like the the path you've taken is not, nothing's been laid out for you. You've made your own path, which I think is really, really cool um, just to hear how you've done that. And, you know, it's it's cool just to see that it's not over yet too. Like you said, you still have a lot that you want to do and we're excited to see where where that goes but uh you know i appreciate you, sh you sharing that with us we're gonna take a quick break here word from our sponsor but we definitely want to learn more about you both as a lacrosse player but also off the field as well and outside the box so uh, we'll hear a quick break and then we'll come back and talk to you about that today i also want to talk to you about our affiliate lacrosse jewelry lacrosse jewelry features a diverse line of lacrosse inspired rings necklaces and bracelets so you can show your lacrosse pride and style both on and off the field Better yet, we've teamed up with Lacrosse Jewelry to provide you with a special discount. Simply visit laxjewelry.com and use the code PROLACROSS to save 10% on your order today. All right, so welcome back. Now it's time for our five and five. So we kind of touched on a little bit about the lacrosse in your journey. We want to talk a little bit more of like the X's and O's and um, a little bit about, you know, what like type of head you're wearing or what type of head you're using for your lacrosse stick and stuff like that. So um, the first one, though, for our five and five is what are some game day superstitions or routines that you have? As a goalie, I'm guessing there's got to be a few. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So at UMass, I ended up having some where, like, if I knew – so I'll use UConn as an example, right? So when you hit the Dunkin' Donuts when you're going to UConn, you know that there is, like, maybe 10 minutes left in the drive, 10, 15. Um, mm -hmm. Right? So for me, I was like, okay, all right, at this point, I know that we're going to have X amount of time in the locker room. I'm very like calculated in the sense. I was like, okay, mm. so this is, I'm going to, if, if we were home right now, this is where I would need to be in the playlist when we hit the donkeys. And then I'm going to have this much time so that when coach comes in and she does her pregame talk, I'm here. And I would have it like down to a T. Uh -huh. It was ridiculous. People like, she would like turn around and like, I'd have my music like up all the way. She's like, okay, Rachel's ready. Like, cause she knew yeah. it was just like at that time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a lot. I used to, my goalie coach in, uh, in high school gave me a journal to use for my whole UMass career. And she's like, write in your, um, I kind of forgot about this actually, you guys uh, brought this up for me. So wrote down kind of like your goals for the game and stuff like that. And I just remember I ended up writing in there, like for me to not really make it more about, you know, like saves or things like that. Cause I already had that kind of going in my head, but I would write down who I'd play for. Mm -hmm. um so for me somebody that um you know Lexi Williams um we adopted her through the Friends of Jacqueline program and um so she you know um has like a brain tumor and, and things like that so I was always write her down right as somebody I would end up playing for and and those kinds of things so like things that meant a, a lot to me so um music was big all that kind of stuff I'm a big eye black person so obviously box is a little bit different because it's like there's obviously no eye black. So um, my freshman year kind of changed. So my freshman year, it was just like the line or the sevens. Mm -hmm. And then um, it kind of went to, okay, we're gonna have like a little seven, like it'll actually look like a seven on one side. And then uh, by my senior year, it ended up being that I put the eye black practically like all over my face. And mm -hmm. um, 
it, it just, it was an interesting look to say the least, but I'd have like a little compact mirror and this makes me sound so vain. And I'd like pop out my little contact, like p- compact mirror and I'd like pull my eyelid down and I'm like putting it on my eyelids. I'd put it over my nose, like put it down. And then I'd come like up here and come all the way down. And with that and my helmet, it looked really scary. And the girls yeah. on the other team would come up to me. They're like, would be like middle of a game the attackers on the other side would go damn how long did it take you (laughs) like (laughs) just like completely serious and I was like what is this girl want to talk to me about and I was like she should have shot here I'm sorry I stuffed you like what's going on and she's like how long did it take you to put on that eye black I really like your style and I'm like oh my god um so yeah, that was a big thing like uh the eye black and and stuff like that god I, I probably had so many more um I was really big on like same socks, same this, same that. Um, It's interesting for field. I'm very um, like, I was very like regimented and then box just because it's like, okay, get out of car. You're now in Boston or, Oh my God, I hit, I hit traffic and I'm a half hour late for the game and they're all waiting for me. And it was like, how quick can Rachel sprint in with the 50 pound bag of gear and not get stuck in the doorway and throw all her stuff on and tape her feet. So she doesn't get broken toes. Like box ended up kind of just being like, whatever and and it ended up working for me which is so funny um and now when I play like box and field just the difference of like I'm like cool and calm with box like you roll in you're like what's up how you doing like hang out with the stuff on or if I'm like rushed for time or late or whatever due to traffic I'm like throwing stuff on as quick as I can I'm like I'm here I'm here I'm ready to go um and then field is just very like I don't know. It's, it's, it's yeah. so, it's so interesting, like to, to see the difference and stuff. Um, and like how like laid back I am more now with everything. And I think that's more like the box and locker room, like demeanor and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, or it could be a guy thing before games versus a girl thing. I don't know. I haven't. It tends to be the trend where people, I feel like as they get older in their career, they can tend to have less superstitions. I don't know. That's kind of what we've noticed with talking to people, yeah. but yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, number two is what is who was your favorite lacrosse player growing up? One that you kind of idolized. Ooh. Um. You know, I honestly don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to sound really kind of weird. So for me, I just kind of fell into lacrosse. Um, playing at a private school, there was no youth lacrosse by me or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, um, I don't. I think. That's a really good question. I guess for me growing up, I ended up watching a lot of, by the time that I kind of figured out and I went to the Northwestern camps and stuff like that, I ended up watching old film of Morgan Lathrop in the Northwestern um, pump up videos and stuff that they had. And I ended up starting to kind of play like her flopping around, making low saves and stuff like her, kind of like a hockey goalie um, and the way that everyone plays box, which, you know, people have kind of drawn that they're like oh Rachel you play field like you should play box and then box sometimes how you play field like I'd be like very stand up when I'd play box to start and now I like flop and flail and butterfly and all that stuff um so I'd probably say her um but again that kind of happened you know going into my senior year and and realizing that stuff and I guess doing my homework on goalies um I think from going to the camp and physically meeting goalies I would say um Katie Florence Flo who was a senior my freshman year at UMass and was really I would say one of the biggest reasons, if not like the reason why I ended up, you know, kind of loving the place in the first place without even seeing it. Um, yeah, just kind of the person that she was. And um, 
I would say Brianne Lamonto as well. So her nickname, everyone calls her Breezy. She played at Northwestern um, and then she ended up coaching me for three years. So it was just really cool to be able to work with somebody that you watched. And, you yeah. know, I would go see her games and stuff and go to Stony Brook and see Northwestern play and win, you know, national championships and stuff. And I'd be like the only person wearing maroon in the sea of purple and Breezy would make a save. And I'm like, yeah, Breezy. And everybody would turn around and be like, who the hell are you? Like, you're not a Northwestern person. Like, why are you here? Um, so I guess I, I would go and probably say um, them. But, you know, to me, it just kind of like the sport kind of stuck for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, anybody that had like a really cool story or things like that, I was always just so interested in learning and picking up things from, you know, whether it was my, you know, my, my goalie coach, Megan and you know, she holds some NCAA records and she played in, you know, Quinnipiac. And, Mm -hmm. and for me, I was like, that, that's the experience I had that that's who I worked with one-on-one. So, you know, for me, that was, that was someone that inspired me, but, you know, looking and, you know, again, I'll, I'll bring up, you know, Ginny and and seeing those kinds of things and, you know, the success that, you know, Devin Wills. And I mean, there's so many players, I love field players too. Um, But I guess as a goalie, you know, we just, we kind of talked about the goalies and and things like that, but no, that's awesome. Um, and then kind of going off of that, uh, who's your favorite lacrosse personality on social media right now? So completely different from who you idolize, but who's somebody that like right now is kind of just fun on social media that you like to follow? All right. So this is actually, this is a good one. So there's so many other people too, um, but she just pops into mind. And so we ended up playing AU basketball together. Short story, I promise. Um, fast forward. Now we play together for New York Athletic Club and she always has like the funniest uh, like captions and phrases and things that she says on Instagram. And so her name's Lauren Murray, right? So she plays in the WPL. She's a literal riot. And, you know, I've known her family for years. Like, you know, back when I had, you know, WNBA dreams and going to play for, you know, Gino at UConn and me wearing my like little rec specs and looking like an absolute like dork on the court. Um, you know, I've known her forever. So I just like all of her stuff is really funny. Um, but I don't know. I'm like, one's a good one. Yeah. I don't know. That's funny that I didn't know you guys knew each other. Like, uh, like growing up too. That's kind of cool to see that connection. Yeah. yeah. Um, going off of that one, let's see what I have here. Oh, what is your current lacrosse stick set up in terms of shaft head and stringing? And I'm guessing it varies too when you're playing field and, uh, indoor. Yeah. So, uh, I'm lucky enough to be sponsored by string King. So, um, really pumped about that. And, you know, the company's great and stuff and they have a really light head and, and everything. And, um, that's a, you know, a, a big thing for me is obviously with box, everything's really heavy and I want to be able to lift my arm to come up and make those saves. Um, so obviously I want, you know, durability and all that kind of stuff. So I do use drinking for both. Um, obviously it'd be kind of an issue if I didn't right? being sponsored. Yeah. So, uh, there's my sarcasm popping out. Um, but, uh, I, I used to use the same stick for everything. And then I ended up going and playing after the two combines and I went to go play for New York athletic club and I was making saves, but every single time I'd clear the ball, like it did not go where it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And one of my teammates was like, Rachel, I really feel like you're clearing the ball poorly to just make more saves. So you look better in that end. And I was like, Oh God, I was like, that's when you know, it's bad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. I, I, I was like, I obviously need to get away from the using the same like you know stick for the whole time like you know in lord of the rings where Gollum's like my precious okay yeah. that's literally like i'm like my stick i was like it's mine i'm gonna yeah. use it for everything yeah. and then it just like box it would throw dimes and then in field it would just kind of be a little weird i'm like mm-hmm. is it me is it the stick so now two separate i'm like this one's for box and then you know also too 
as a box school, you have a longer shaft anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I have a deep hole. I have to end up cutting it down before season and stuff, uh, you know, before we hopefully play this summer okay. um, and everything like that. But I got to, you know, chop that down and everything and um, throw some, you know, uh, pre-wrap and stuff on there, make it look good and all that good stuff. All the, all the legal things that you can do to, to make the stick a little bigger and, uh, yeah. and all those things. But no, That's awesome. And then my final one is, uh, what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at? That can be in box, field, uh, throughout your career. Oh, that's a really good one. I always loved home games at UMass. Um, it was really special to me. I think I'm trying to think of other places I love to play. I love to play Northwestern on the water. Um, didn't like losing to them. I'll be completely honest, but it was always a really good game. So I'll give them that always a lot of fun and even better when you didn't get the wind chill off the lake. So um, those two places, I think for box, um, I mean, I've had the opportunity to, you know, go and and travel and play in Toronto and stuff like that too. Um, in like the, the winter time and stuff like that. And uh play up there and in, in, in their rinks and, and things after being drafted into the arena lacrosse league and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I, I think for me, it's like about the place and you know, where I've learned things and stuff like that. So, um, I, I would probably say the, you know, little place in, in Hingham, um, you know, where I first like really started to, to play box lacrosse and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's to other people would just be like, okay, so, you know, it's just a little facility and, you know, this, that, and the other and, and whatever. But to me, it's, uh, I don't know, kind of like holds that, that sentimental value, I guess. Yeah, so for sure. for sure. Yep. That wraps up our lacrosse questions. Adam's got the off the field questions now. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm curious what your answer to this one will be since we, I feel like we know a lot about you already, but what are some hobbies or activities you like doing when you're not uh, in the box or on the field? Uh, that's, um, all right. So I have four dogs at home. So hanging out with them, um, running my, my own business too, doing like camps, clinics, all that kind of stuff. But obviously this is non lacrosse stuff. So I will keep away from the business and and that kind of side of everything too. Um, I'm really into photography and art. Um, not all that fabulous at painting. I try, but, uh, and those kinds of things. Um, but photography is really like my, my big thing. Um, love to you know travel with my camera like take pictures every day that kind of stuff um and and go and do that I'm also big into fitness too but I feel like that still kind of coincides with lacrosse so I don't really know how much that counts no that counts that counts it's different you know it, it helps you in lacrosse I'm sure but you know it's still, it's still a hobby that counts <laughs> yeah so I, I would definitely say photography there cool uh well uh, this this is kind of a lacrosse collection so uh in terms of uh, a non lacrosse athlete that you would think uh, you that would excel at the sport. Who would that be? I mean, not just because of the last dance and everything, but Jordan literally went and played baseball. So yeah. I think to mm-hmm. me, I I would definitely go with MJ. Um, I'm trying to think of other. I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like there's so many things that transfer over. I mean, you look at, you look at box and, and you look at a lot of the, NL, the NHL guys right now. I mean, you know, so many of them played box growing up and they literally could have played, you know, they could have played box or they could have gone and played hockey and they went the hockey route, you know, to really go play pro and stuff like that. So um, I, I definitely would probably say a lot of the hockey guys and, you know, especially for box. Um, but I think, you know, basketball has so many con like, 
you know, everything kind of goes over with that too. But um, if we're saying a complete different sport, you know, that's not like, I mean, it's a ball, but not like stick and ball. I would definitely go with basketball. Got it. Cool. Uh, number three, favorite spot to vacation. Uh, that's a really good one. Um, I don't know. I drove cross country two years ago now. Um, and going through like Colorado and Utah and stuff like that. So I don't really know if it was a vacation per se, cause I was quite literally moving me and my things. Um, not in a U-Haul. My aunt refused. My aunt and I did it and she just absolutely refused. She's like, I'm not driving a truck. Like somebody can come and pick this stuff up. I'm not doing it. Um, but we spent like 15 or 16 days on the road, probably felt like three months um, <laughs> because it was just like the two of us in a small space. And then the more things we'd get, on the way home she's like well I, we have to make room for like i want to buy things i'm like <laughs> i'm like diane diane like it it, it we're, is it gonna fit i'm like i don't know we could strap somebody to the roof of the car i guess like that's how we're gonna figure it out but uh going in and seeing and you know stargazing and stuff in, in zion and mm-hmm. um and all that stuff and just having it was like you know as my aunt said like the experience of a lifetime like you know by her helping me move out um from california which is kind of funny like she left her job in California and then I ended up taking a job out there. So it was like a year later, like moving back. It was just kind of funny. Nice. Um, but for her, like it was literally something she crossed off her bucket list. And uh, so it was really cool to be able to do that and, and travel. So it's not a specific spot, but um, again, back to like the photography stuff, I'm like, yeah. you know, going in and seeing certain places or um, in Zion, the watchman is like the, the typical, like, you know, from the bridge, right. You see, mm-hmm. The mountains you see like all the water and I was like we literally rolled in and we ate like a salad or something ridiculous and I was like okay I need to see the sunset at the watchman and we're like we went and drove and whatever I ended up missing it because I thought that it was a different place and she's like it's over here and I was like no 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 it's here I promise and she's like everyone's over there (laughs) but uh for me I was like it was all about like you know getting the really good photographs and stuff like that so um, you know, go back to that kind of stuff, you know, for me, I'd I'd love to be able to go and, you know, see like the Northern lights and stuff again, probably not like a vacation kind of a thing, but, um, just those like once in a lifetime stuff. I don't know. Me sitting and being idle is not, as you can probably tell, since I'm talking with my hands, it's not really. (laughs) That works. No, that's awesome. Uh, now, since you you talked about being Italian, I'm curious what your answer to this one is. So what's your favorite meal and you prefer to take out or cook at home? Okay, so I'm a pescatarian. So before I stopped eating meat, it was chicken parm. And that was one of my pregame rituals too, is I always had to have chicken parm. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, God, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, uh, There's an Italian restaurant by me called Bonamici in White Plains, New York. And they make this really awesome fish dinner. Um, so for me, it's like obviously eating fish and stuff like that. That's my only, you know, meat mm-hmm. um, per se. So uh, it's uh, like a lemon almond crusted branzino, which is really, really good. Um, and then they have like sauteed spinach and stuff on the side. So that's really good. And uh, we've been getting that probably like once a month and stuff to support, you know, our, our, our local businesses and everything. So that's probably my favorite. Um, my mom hates it. She like cooks me things with fake meat now because she's like, it just ruins all the recipes. She tries, she really does. Or like, she's like, you know, anytime that, that we eat meat, she's like, do you want some? 
<laughs> uh, you know, um, I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, oh, this chicken's really good. Rachel, we're about to give it to the dogs. Are you sure you don't want it? And I'm like, nope, just, just give it, give it to the dogs. It's fine. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and kind of going off of that, my, my last off the field one with quarantine going on, people have do, been doing a lot of reading, a lot of, uh, TV binge watching all that good stuff. What's a book you'd recommend to a teammate or friend? And since, uh, we've been doing a lot of it, what's a TV show or movie? Uh, you'd recommend as well. Ooh, okay. So book, um, I read it years ago, but Apollo Ono's book is really good. Um, so he's the, the speed skater. Um, so his book was really, really good. Um, I also read Rafa's book is phenomenal. I read those years ago, but they're really good. Um, so I feel like I can only comment on the ones that I have read. One that I have and I just ordered um, is the one from uh, Kobe Bryant's trainer. Mm-hmm. So I haven't cracked that open yet. Probably going to be maybe a, now you're inspiring me, probably a tonight thing. Yeah. Um, go and do that. So that's one that I have. Um, shows. I'm rewatching NCIS from the beginning with my grandma. I've already seen it, but um, she's missed out on the first couple episodes. She's claimed she's seen everything. And then uh, she's like, oh, I've never seen this one before. So uh, we're doing that and that'll keep us occupied for a while. But um, I've also been watching 24, which is really good. Uh, keeps you occupied again. Every, every season is an hour in the day. So it's pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. I don't know. I, I feel like I've been watching the news lately, which is just, yeah. yeah. But uh, try, trying not to, trying to think of like happy things and, and stuff like that. But uh, that I'm like kind of corny. I read the newspaper every day. So that's probably, I should answer that, that that's what I'm reading. But um, I'm born in the wrong generation as my, uh, my aunt says. <laughs> it's like me and my grandma, at, like coffee in the morning, like reading the newspaper and my aunt's like on her phone. She's like, really? Like you're born in the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that, that wraps up our five and five Rachel we really appreciate you coming on um, our final question that we always ask our guests is what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally you kind of gave us a little bit of that but what is you know one piece of advice that you really want to tell some younger athletes that are looking to one day do what you're doing and play lacrosse professionally and maybe you know play in the NLL yeah I, I think the the biggest thing is to not give up and you know I think for me when I was a younger athlete, I was always kind of a little bit stubborn and, you know, I'm happy I've grown out of that and, you know, to be more mature and things like that. But, uh, I, I think being able to know like when to ask for help, um, you know, or, or when you need it, you know, assistance in an area where you want to grow. Um, and that's totally okay. And just knowing like I can ask for, you know, for help and, and to get better, um, and, and, and things like that, or whether it's school or lacrosse or anything like that. And I think just doing, you know, what you can I, I think especially with quarantine you see a lot of people talking about like this is the time to put in all the work and this is the time to do all these things and mm-hmm. you know everyone has access to different things and has different things and you know I, I think at the end of the day it's the same thing with like just you know who people are too right you know everyone grows at different paces and and, and things of that nature so I, I think just being okay with knowing that progress isn't linear right and and knowing that if you do a little bit of work and a little bit of work, you're not going to, you're not going to see the results. Like I used to always be the person that was like, okay, I'm at the base level here and I want to be, you know, well, I mean, I'm not 
with you in person, but my hand's all the way above the computer camera, right? So, um, you know, and I wanted to get from the bottom step all the way to the top one, right? And I was just like, but how do I do that? And I, I, I wanted it so bad that I would run into the wall instead of being like, okay, the door could be two feet you know, to the right or to the left of me, but I would continually slam into the wall and be like, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. And I think, you know, being able to kind of take that step back and evaluate and have people in your corner and have those mentors that can help you and be like, Hey, you know, the door's right there, right? This is, this is the way through this. This is the Avenue that you go. Um, you know, and, and just having, you know, people that you can reach out to. And I think that's so cool about lacrosse is that, you know, for the most part, like you get access to people. If, you know, people reach out to me about box stuff or, or goalie stuff. And, you know, essentially, you know, through Instagram and stuff, you text, like, that's, yeah. that's essentially what it is. Like you're communicating with a young kid that wants to play. And, you know, I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, pro basketball or, you know, other players that do this. Cause I, I mean, I don't, I don't know physically, mm-hmm. um, but it seems to be like the access is a little bit different, excuse me, at those levels. Um, you know, if I reached out to King, King Henrik for something, I'm not saying he wouldn't get back to me, but you know, even though I am Swedish, but who knows, right? So, so uh, you know, for me, I'm like, th- that is, it's a really awesome opportunity and just being able to, you know, to reach out to people and just being there. And, and I think asking those questions and knowing that, you know, we're able to answer those and, and you know, kind of be a resource for anybody that, that needs anything, whether it's a, a business relationship and you want lessons or it's, just a question on what head you use and how you should have it strong or a drill that you can do in quarantine and things like that. Um, you know, and, and being okay with making, you know, little bits of progress every single day. So I know I gave you a lot there, but, but no, but that's, did, that's but great. Interview, I, I, th- I think that's, you know, you hit the nail on the head too with um, the accessibility of the players. And I think, you know, Adam and I have found that with, you know, this platform is how open you guys have been to coming on our platform and talking to us. Um, and I think it works too with, you know, the youth athletes that you're able to reach out to a player and they're able to give you feedback. You know, you may not get in a hold of everybody, but the accessibility is much, you know, better in the lacrosse world just because it is such a tight knit community. But, uh, yeah, no, we appreciate you coming on, Rachel. I think that's a great piece of advice. Look forward to seeing, you know, where you end up next too. We're, we're following you for that, that NLL dream. We hope you can, you know, reach that going forward. Um, but we'll be watching and paying attention to on your senior A career as well. Um, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. And, and thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Today, I also want to talk to you about Tomahawk Shades. Tomahawk Shades have an array of both quality sunglasses and blue light glasses at a fraction of the cost of popular sunglass brands. Their blue light glasses are perfect for guys like me who spend hours looking at a computer screen when editing. They also have a great collection of sunglasses with pro athletes like Kylie Olmiller, Kyle Harrison, Mike Chanichuk, and Chris Hogan repping the brand. So if you want a pair of the shades the pros wear, visit TomahawkShades.com and use the code PLT20 to save 20% on your order today.